Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulMMA.com where you can get all your MMA news, podcasts, interviews, exclusives, videos. You can get live weigh-in streams, all kinds of stuff over there. Visit FightfulMMA.com, of course. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe over here on YouTube if you're watching right now. Also, the managing editor of FightfulSelect.com. We are adding more and more MMA content to FightfulSelect.com. I know that you all are maybe familiar with our podcasts and all the exclusives we do over at Fightful.com. We add extra stuff to FightfulSelect.com, really helps supplement the site. It is our premium service. At least go over there, give it a glance, see what we have to offer. We got Bellator 200, UFC Liverpool to talk about. I like afternoon MMA. This is a fair card. It was okay. I did not enjoy the main event outside of maybe the first round, and that was just the excitement of the, the main event and the environment. I'll go ahead and get started by talking about Bellator 200. Let some people gather up here. This show started Kate Jackson and Anastasia Yankova. You cannot accuse Bellator of giving Yankova easy fights because this from the shoot, I was like, Kate Jackson's going to beat her. Like, there's no way that Kate Jackson doesn't beat Anastasia Yankova. That's pretty much what happened. Kate Jackson's a very under-the-radar fighter who's about to emerge at age 31 in this women's flyweight division. She's been beaten by like Tatiana Suarez, Valentin, or, uh, Valerie Letourneau, Hannah Sillen, and Joanna Janjacek, and that's it. Some pretty good competition. I mean, Hannah would still be fighting if she were 10 years younger, but she's in her 40s. So Kate Jackson picks up a win. Phil Davis knocked out Linton Vassell. Man, Phil Davis is a really big damn light heavyweight. And Linton Vassell just lumbered over him, which is kind of humbling to see. Uh, the UFC's light heavyweight division is in a, a dark place right now. But the success of Phil Davis, the success of Ryan Bader, and even the success of Gegard Musashi, despite the fact that he is at, at middleweight, you know, he can fight it light heavyweight he can fight a heavyweight if he wants that says a lot of good about bellator at least the top of their light heavyweight division right now uh davis figured out the pattern of the footwork of Vassell, really capitalized cut him off hit a head kick knocked him out impressive now 
MVP is no longer a 25-year-old prospect. He is a 31-year-old man looking. He's It's time for the big fights. I would argue that Dave Rickles is among the best challenges he's ever faced. You could argue Fernando Gonzalez. Dave Rickles has seen it all. Dave Rickles has been there. I would argue that this is a better opponent than than Paul Daly from an all-around aspect. However, on the feet, definitely not. MVP jobbed out Dave Rickles in that first round. He was breakdancing and jumping rope and all this stuff. And then in the second round, MVP cracked Dave Rickles over his left eye, and Dave Rickles said, no moss, no more. If you can make Dave Rickles look at the ref and say, I'm out of here, I'm done, I'm not going to even be able to hit this guy, that's impressive. I can't speak enough to how highly that speaks of yourself that you're able to do that to a Dave Rickles. Man, that was an incredible performance by MVP. He needs back in the cage soon. No more of this keeping him out for a year and a half while he boxes and shit. He's 31. It's time to go. It's time to get things going for him. You got Rory McDonald and Musashi looking like they're going to fight. Give him a top guy at welterweight. And then then give him Rory after that. It's the way to go. Gegard Musashi beat uh, Rafael Carvalho. Carvalho was one title defense away from tying Joe Warren for most successful title defenses in Bellator history. And it's not a lot because Bellator champions never hold on to their championships or don't care about them and they abandon them. But this is all Musashi. He's truly, I think, one of the most well-rounded fighters maybe ever. Versatile in every sense of the word, on the feet, striking. Uh, you know, you heard Joe say, ah, oh, his ground game might not be as good as many think. He he's He's made it pretty well. I mean, at least as far as him doing what he's strong at, but not being completely incompetent in any area. Musashi's up there, man. Any fight, he can fight at three different weight classes. That is that is pretty incredible. He and Rory McDonald both agreed to fight one another. Uh, after this, that is pretty awesome. Let's talk about this main event of Bellator or UFC Liverpool. No, I don't give a shit about uh, Aaron Chalmers from Geordie Shore. He won. He guillotined the guy. Good for him. Darren Teal, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I'm looking at the media scores. Uh, MMADecisions.com has the media submit their scores. And as I look at it, Darren Teal was given the nod by two media members. And Thompson was given the nod by about 25 media members. Now, one would expect me to make that argument for Thompson. However, I am among those two that gave the fight to Darren Teal. I saw a lot of robbery discussion to me. A fight that spends 25 minutes of 25 minutes on the feet. And the person who got robbed landed less than 60 significant strikes. Nobody got robbed viewers in my estimation. And you know, I, I've been very outspoken about... <laughs> how I don't necessarily appreciate the Leota Machida style, the Stephen Wonderboy Thompson style. And let me tell you, when I was when I got my, my first step into MMA, that was my style. I spent a lot of time training TKD and footwork and all that. 
it's not aesthetically pleasing. It's not fun to watch. It's not a joy. It's just not there. It's not, I mean, you have a great striker and a great counter striker. And a lot of times this happens, they cancel each other out, but man, for wonder boy Thompson, it happens far too often, way too often for me, like four or five times it's happened. And I like and respect Wonder Boy Thompson. We've interviewed him on the site multiple times. Uh, James Lynch always gets great stuff with him. They could have given that fight four rounds to one Teal or four rounds to one Wonder Boy. And I just said, who gives a shit, man? Who gives a shit? You could isolate that entire fight until the fifth round. And I'd be cool with that too. Because nothing really happened. It was the absence of action. And there were a lot of mistakes that that Darren Teal made. You look at that significant strike count. Teal was weirdly obsessed with gaining the tie plum. And that's something he even mentioned after the fight was that he wanted to show how good his his, uh, Muay Thai was. So he kept on trying to get the tie plum. Well, Wonderboy Thompson's not going to let you get a tie plum. So even if you get it around there, you don't, his posture breaks it and he counter strikes and that happened like four or five times and that was the disparity in the striking throughout the entire fight really the most significant strike of the entire fight was teal dropping wonder boy in the fifth round i just didn't see it man i you you could say that teal probably got the nod because of octagon control i do not like and up until that, the most significant strike was them high-fiving one another earlier in the round. Like, that was, it was just not, not the type of fight. I wouldn't headline with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Not for a while. Put him in a co-main event, but man, this is the type of fight you're going to get from him. Because he's going to fight a smart fight. But it was, the loser of this fight could place the blame on themselves. Whoever it was. Kind of. I mean, Teal went forward, but when he cut off Wonder Boy, he spent so much time waiting for the motion of Wonder Boy that Wonder Boy is so fast, he's able to get out. He's able to roll to his left. He's able to roll to his right. If you if you don't move before Wonder Boy, then you're not going to capitalize. And this happened like seven or eight times Teal had to capitalize. Up against the cage, he would work Thompson up against the, the black area of the cage, then the, then, or the, the ring, then the cage it, and then waits for Thompson to roll out. And then Thompson just does it, just does it, man, man. So, yeah, I mean, while I respect my fellow members of the media, I, again, I saw that as an absence of action, especially on the, on the side of wonder boy Thompson, great counter striker, Without a doubt, a top three welterweight. Just, it's just not, not what I think should be rewarded necessarily. Not what I think should be rewarded. Now, Darren Teal came to this fight. He missed weight. And boy, you could tell that there was a size advantage. Like Darren Teal's listed at the same height as Rory McDonald and an inch taller than Masvidal. And, you know, man. I think that's wrong. <laughs> Either that or Teal's frame is truly big. Teal should move up to 185. Willie, I doubt it. But that he is now a persistent offender in missing weight. 
And he's probably not even going to move up from number eight to number one ahead of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And neither one of them will be number one in about two weeks because Colby Covington's fighting RDA for an interim title. And that's automatically the number one spot. So we're going to see a major shakeup in these rankings in the coming weeks. I'm very interested to see how this panel of uh, largely made of doofuses, except for Andreas Hale, essentially, uh, puts together this welterweight division. Because Teal beat number one Thompson, but a lot of people, the majority of people, don't agree with that. Uh, 79% of the viewers don't agree with it. I am in very exclusive company in my belief that Darren Teal won this fight. So Stephen Thompson lost to the number eight fighter, but many people didn't think he did. By the way, that number eight fighter showed up way overweight and had to weigh in at like 188 today, I believe. And, you know, he said before that he cuts below 200. Man, he should be a middleweight. He really should. And it's a good time to be a middleweight with the type of skill set that Darren Teal has. Because I think if Darren Teal goes in there, and he fights a lot of the middleweights, he probably beats them, especially if he can lure them into a, a war. Although, if you get into a fight with a Uriah Hall or a Leoto Machida, you could see another snoozer like we just saw. Gribble Dribble says, Teal can't move up in the rankings if he didn't make weight. Yeah, he can. He absolutely can. That's uh, just that's the way it is. So that's going to all unfold. By the way, I didn't even realize. I covered this shit for a living, guys. I didn't realize Utica, the Utica show is on Friday. So we'll be here Friday night covering uh, that one on the podcast. Uh, I do UFC rankings breakdowns every Wednesday, usually when they're they're released on FightfulSelect.com. So subscribe for that. And, of course, myself and Showdown Joe have the have – the, uh, Holy Smokes MMA podcast every Tuesday at three. Did not like that fight. It was bad. Not good. Not good. Neil Magny, need up Craig White. It's good to see Neil Magny. You know, I like to see guys active, but it's good to see Magny take a little more time in between fights these days after having 21 fights over the course of four years. That's an insane pace to keep up. Uh, White put up a noble fight and was a a late replacement, but Magny saw that smooth opportunity for a knee up against the cage with his hand across the back of the head of White. Dropped White, finished him off. This is Magny's first winning streak since 2015 and 16, but he is 13-3 and since 2014 started. That is an insane record for the UFC. Magny wants to fight Kamaru Usman, and this is the reason I didn't talk about who's next for Teal. Teal should be fighting Kamaru Usman next. That's who should fight Kamaru Usman. Um, However, if they don't do that fight, or if Teal moves up, then Neil Magny, sure. Not a lot of people are trying to fight Kamaru Usman at this point. As far as Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, you'll just have to see how things pan out. I have to see how things wait. I would say maybe the loser of Covington, Dos Anjos, would make sense for Stephen Thompson because Covington and Dos Anjos are going to fight Woodley. That, that's the next fight. Meanwhile, Thompson's loss puts him further away from a title shot than he ever was before. There's something going on in the Fox Sports 1 post-show. <laughs> like I guess Kiesa got up and walked off because of a decision or something. But 
Yeah, I think I think the matchups to make, winner of RDA and Covington, obviously Woodley, the loser of RDA and Covington against Thompson, and uh, you put Teal against Usman. Then you have your next challenger ready for the winner of uh, Woodley and the interim champion. Although, if Woodley loses, you know he's going to angle for a rematch, and UFC will probably give it to him just because. And if it's even if it's a, you know, we got Garbrandt facing Dillashaw. Garbrandt got knocked out, and I've had a lot of people say, "Look, Garbrandt was winning in the first round." Well, he didn't win in the second round, so that's all that's important. So Neil Magny looking good, man. That guy is still just thirty years old, but he has a lot of cage miles on him. Arnold Allen submits Mads Burnell. I loved Mads Burnell head, uh, Mad Burnell's <laughs> head movement throughout this fight. Uh, unfortunately for him, his head movement moved right into a modified guillotine choke and he got put out for it. The story of this fight was the very, very awkward post-fight interview <laughs> where Arnold Allen said that he was breathing out of his ass and said that his dad was doing steroids, but he's clean. He being Arnold Allen, hot dog. Mark Juan Amir Khani defeated Jason Knight. Amir Khani took some time out of the cage. And Jason Knight, he's, I mean, he's affectionately referred to as Hick Diaz, but some of his, man, some of his fighting is very like 2006, lower level MMA-ish, like pulling guard. Now I've said on previous shows, I've seen a lot more guard pulling this year than I have in like the last five years combined. And rarely does it work out well. It's not the 90s. It doesn't work like that. And Jason Knight tried to pull rubber guard and work a lot and did a lot of like kidney kicks. But that's not how you want to. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Fight off your back. You you want to fight off your back with uh, usually short elbows and, and upward elbows, mainly a lot of elbows. And that's even in the rare occasion that you can. But Knight kept on working for that <laughs> that rubber guard, and it got stood up by Mark Goddard. Now, here's the thing. A big uppercut dropped Amir Khani twice, and he recovered like really, really quick. Knight was aggressive and slick on the ground, but for a guy that was uh, dropped twice, Amir Khani was able to escape really quickly. Knight was working a lot from that rubber guard, as I mentioned, but... It just wasn't enough for the ref. It was a stall at that point. And I'm not sure why Amir Khani worked to take Knight down so hard over and over again. Didn't make a lot of sense given the stalling nature of that fight. I'm going to definitely need him to pump his brakes on a Swanson-Holloway fight right now. 
Uh, Knight got a 30-27. Now, this is coming from one of like two people in the world who picked Teal as the winner of the main event, but I thought 30-27 Knight was just gross, man. Just gross. Claudio Silva in action for the first time since 2014. Submitted Nordin Taleb. I love that sweet leg catch takedown. Uh, Taleb caught the left leg of Silva, swept the right leg while uh, bringing his arm down on the head of Silva. That was really, really nice. Went for this weird attempt at a leg lock that, I mean, you see a lot of the TriStar guys, but unless you're high level with leg locks, you really shouldn't go for that. I'm talking like Paul Harris level from where he gave it up. He gave up his position and to attempt that. It was bad. Silva takes control on the ground and choked out Taleb. That was a huge win for Silva. He's won three in a row in the UFC, but he lost a lot of his prime years because he was out of the cage since 2014. He gave he cut this promo about how he was uh, basically an illegal immigrant, a, a Britzillion essentially, and got the crowd behind him. Him talking was better than a lot of the fights on this show. I got to put over Darren Stewart's uh, post-fight promo too. Really emotional. He was gifted this fifth fight in the UFC. There are not, I mean, you could probably count on one hand the number of fighters in UFC history who have started out their career winless in their first four fights and got a fifth one. And uh, Stewart had lost three in a row, a no contest before that, but he absolutely clappered Eric Spicely, who we had a very good interview with. Uh, James Lynch did sat down with him at a coffee shop for Fightful.com. But, man, Darren Stewart, he uh, Stewart needed this win, and he got it. And that's that, that knockout is worth going back and seeing. Uh, Breeze defeated Dan Kelly, round one TKO. Tom Breeze's first fight in two years went very well. Just magnificent boxing that overwhelmed old man Kelly and – folded was the term that I saw in my timeline that, that really represented this fight pretty well. 40-year-old Kelly, man, he's lost three in a row and he had a lifetime of judo before this career, so I wonder how much he has left. We saw people after Kelly's win streak like target him, like Elias targeted him. He knew it was the right fight to take, uh, where he took that fight. And um, we'll go ahead and talk about Elias. This wasn't a finish, which I think that Elias needed, but he did show that he was willing to press forward, and that's not something we see a ton of out of Elias. There was a, a, rough, a rough capital or clash of the heads early on, and he capitalized on a sacrifice role where Smith uh, just pretty much gave him the fight, I think. But Elias, f- for his lack of exciting fights, essentially, he has shown that he's willing to travel. He's he's been to America and had that fight with Tavares. Not great. He's been to Australia, had a not great fight with Kelly. And this Trevor Smith fight was a little bit better, but not great. And it was in England. So, I mean, I don't know. They, they've had him fight everywhere but Canada the last year and a half. Well, he's got to put on some more exciting fights, man. He started off his career and had two TKOs in his first three fights, but He's got to get in there and get, get a little more exciting. Uh, Landsberg, number 14 over number 15, Mazzani, was not exciting. This is a top 15 fight. There are only 19 women eligible to be ranked. The only two women that aren't ranked, essentially, have no wins in the division. I am one win away from being a ranked UFC women's bantamweight fighter. Think about that. 
can't make 135, though, but some of the women in that division can't either. This fight sucked. Jillian Robinson defeated, or Robertson defeated Molly McCann. Round one submission. McCann missed weight. Robertson just dominated McCann on the ground. This was refreshing to see. And uh, she had Dean Thomas in her corner. Good one to have. Robertson got the back, choked McCann cold. It was nasty. Nasty. Vinny Fernando says, Elias versus Machida. No offense, but the only people getting finished there are the fans. Yep. Yep. Peter Soli over <laughs> Brad Scott. Man, I was very, very impressed with uh, the gas tank on Cardo Peter Soli Jr. He was throwing like wheel kicks and all kinds of spinning shit all throughout the entire fight. A little little too much spinning shit in my, my estimation. Also, I never liked the idea of using these switch kicks that aren't set up in close quarters with no defense, with your hands down. That's that's not easy to uh, make work. And Brad Scott has some unusual movement. This was a close fight. Not a great one to watch, but there were some really not great fights on this show. Uh, the main event wasn't great. The first fight on the show wasn't great. Mazzani and Landsberg wasn't great. But then again, there were some some good fights, some finishes, some late finishes too, some later finishes, like some third round ones and uh, second round ones. We didn't have like uh, you know we've seen in prior weeks just some absolute scorchers on these shows. So that didn't happen. Next weekend we have UFC Utica, and there's some interesting fights on that show. Some Jimmy Rivera and Marlon Marias is the big one. And I can't wait to see that. Um, Gregor Gillespie and Pichel. Greg Gillespie is a big finisher, so I'm hoping that that happens. Ellenberger getting another shot at it is questionable to me. He is two and seven in his last nine. He's lost four of his last five. He's lost two in a row. I can't believe he's getting a fight. And he's going to fight Ben Saunders, who's also lost two in a row. It's a somebody's got a win fight. I'll watch it. There are a couple of OGs. John Vellante and Sam Alvey. Um, John Vellante is always kind of peeking in and out of that UFC light heavyweight top 15 division. I don't think that he should be there ranked above Jordan Johnson, but there he is at number 15. So he's fighting Sam Alvey and Sam Alvey. You know, he's he's going to win and lose half his fights. That's just how it goes. Sajara Eubanks and Lauren Murphy, can Eubanks make weight? That's that's the, the one to look at there because uh, when she got kidney failure, essentially, and was replaced, you know, and Lauren Murphy, that, that's a top three fight, and nobody knows it. Nobody realizes it. I'll be looking out for that. That'll be on the FS1 card. Nick Lentz is on the show. You got Glayson Tebow on the show. Bilal Muhammad, Desmond Green, Jessica Aguilar is fighting. But I am probably most excited to see Jose Shorty Torres, how he ends up. Aguilar, I'm also interested. I mean, at one point, people thought she was one of the best women's fighters in the world. Johnny Eduardo at 37. Can he right the ship? Lots of stuff going on. Get some questions in, guys. Dre the Great says, Sam Alvey making a run. Book it. He could at light heavyweight, man. I look at light heavyweight these days. 
like heavyweight junior in the sense that you can rely on raw power sometimes and just cracking somebody. However, you got to have a little bit more technique. Kelly, what he did at his age was impressive, was rooting for him. Yeah, man, he's a, he's a great story. He really is. And the knee braces he comes out with. <laughs> I can't wait until Friday. Shirley Rivera versus Marias can't be a snoozer, right? Please. I hope not. I, You know, I uh, – man, there's some interesting names on that show, but I think they spread them out a little too much. There's a heavyweight fight on the main show, and you know, that can always end up in a knockout. But you have uh, Spitz, who's one-on-one in the UFC, against Walt Harris, who is, you know, knocking on the door of getting cut again for the second time and has only won three fights in, he's like three and five, I think. Three and six. So that's that's not good. That's not a high-level fight. James Lynch interviewed Shorty Torres. Check it out. Yeah, he interviewed Shorty Torres. He interviewed Jared Brooks. He interviewed a lot of people, man. He's all over the place. He's on vacation now, so we got a a ton of stuff like backed up for him. We got a lot of pros picks for for both Utica and the UFC uh, 225 pay per view. Man, that June is loaded, and especially in Chicago, that that UFC show in June is just stacked, guys. Leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe. That stuff really helps let people know that you're watching these. I'm doing these abbreviated solo recaps. Definitely want you all to tune in, but we really expand on these Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Fightful MMA Holy Smokes podcast with World MMA Award Journalist of the Year nominated once upon a time, Showdown Joe Ferraro. I met a fellow from the Toronto area at a wedding I was at this this weekend. Big MMA fan. It was kind of cool to talk to somebody in a social atmosphere who knew as much as, about MMA as I did. And the Toronto connection is kind of cool. Knew who Elias was, knew who Showdown Joe was. Very cool. Also, our live chat is lit on Tuesdays. A lot of fun. Bellator are going to make Musashi versus McDonald now. I definitely think that's the fight to make, and it's a big one. They should. Both fighters want to make it. The middleweight division in Bellator is absolute Dog shit. Let's take a look at it. And you can give MVP some time to really round out his game. Willie, I don't know. Trying to mute this mic. Not working. Mother of God. I guess I'll wait until after this podcast to take a drink. But let's look at this middleweight division. And it's in bad shape. Alexander Schlemenko. Chris Honeycutt. Ed Ruth, but he's still young in the game. John Salter, if he'll ever be able to get back in the cage. He got pulled due to an eye issue and was replaced by Gerald Harris. They do have Gerald Harris now for that middleweight and uh, welterweight division. Lovato is a good one, but I think that Musashi probably beats the living shit out of Lovato. So there's just nobody. They need to sign some more middleweights, to be honest with you. And at welterweight, somebody messed up the roster page there, but they have some guys. You got Paul Daly, who's who knows how long he'll be around. You have Koreshkov, you have Fitch, you have Larkin. So some decent names there, but MVP is the one to look out for. I'd I'd book MVP against Koreshkov. Why not? Why not? Was MVP's contract up? 
And if so, do you think he re-signs or did UFC try to get him? UFC should try to get him. I think that's a big blow to Bellator, to be honest with you. He seemed like he was going to re-sign with Bellator. It's the thing. A lot of these guys lately, they've been like, sign me back up. Michael Chandler, I thought he would have fit in great in the UFC, but he seems very comfortable in Bellator. And uh, MVP also looks like he's very, very comfortable in Bellator. And here's the thing you got to remember. Michael Page exploded onto the scene in 2012 with that tornado kick against Ben Dishman. And a year later, he was in Bellator. A year later, he signed with Bellator, or fought in Bellator, rather. That's when Bellator was really, really smart about just picking up prospects. They're like, let's sign Ed Rue, Tyrell Fortune, later on Aaron Pico. They got a lot of these young ones. And they they let him fight, I think, for Super Fight League in the interim, too. Because he fought in March and then fought just a couple weeks later in April. But I think he had to fill out that deal. But then he he came and fought at Ricky Rainey in 2014. But they got him early. UFC was not going to get him two fights in, despite how good he looked. He had an arm bar in a minute and 40 seconds against a guy who missed weight. And he had a tornado kick. And I think there was another fight he had. He knocked out a guy, another guy in a kickboxing fight. In 2012. Now, I think with Contender Series, they'll be more inclined to kind of do that. And they signed Sage Young. They got they got a lot of fighters really, really young. I think they're going to be more inclined to do that. Now they don't have to get picked off on the ultimate fighter where only one guy emerges unscathed. I think uh, at this point, although I appreciate the fact that they're trying to do things to make me care more about the ultimate fighter – the undefeateds and champions and contenders and new vit, new divisions like heavyweight and women's featherweight that they don't often do. I appreciate that. Contender series is the way to go. I'm not an avid watcher of contender series, but the fights count on people's records. They're live. That matters. And you can keep and not keep who you want. So it gives more of an incentive for those fighters to impress. Let me know what you guys think. Leave a comment in the comment section below. I want you guys to check out FightfulMMA.com. We got everything over there. MMA, wrestling, boxing. We have a robust boxing section. Carlos Toro works his ass off over there. Check it out. Spread the word about Fightful. We're still a very young site. We are just under two years old. So I I definitely need your help. The word of mouth. Spreading the word about Fightful.com. Uh, Kyler James said Dana legit said he doesn't know if Tough is coming back. Yeah, it's the truth, too. Hope Greg Hardy gets flattened, as do I. I have no tolerance for uh, domestic abuse, man. Shit. Guys, thank you all so much. Subscribe to us. We have SoundCloud. We're on, like, iHeartRadio, Player FM, iTunes. Head over to our SoundCloud and subscribe to us. Sometimes I don't even realize some of the platforms that we're on. Melissa will sign us up for one, and I'm like, hell yeah, man. But over on YouTube, make sure you all subscribe. Leave us a thumbs up. We are out. Darren Teal won. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.